everybody, welcome to the Twistcast, the official podcast of the Twisted Cape. My name is Sam. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. All right, guys. As always, we're going to start off with the news, but we got a ton of good shit tonight. Hell yeah. Mike, what do we got for the news? All right, so I'm going to start with comics news. Uh, One of the first things I will hit is that there's a new Justice League coming from, an ongoing coming from Scott Snyder, who just rapped metal. Uh, and his lineup is very similar to the Justice League cartoon series. So you'll have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, uh, the John Stewart Green Lantern, Hawkman, and I'm sorry, Hawk, Hawk Girl, and the Flash, uh, which is pretty sweet. I'm I'm really excited to start reading this, especially after Metal just ended. That, and that was oh my god. Yeah, but keep keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. Hold uh, your excitement for later. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's gonna be good. Uh, Marvel revealed that they are dropping a an Infinity Wars comic uh, event this summer, spinning out of their Countdown to Infinity series. So it, it seems to be setting up Marvel's overall uh, cosmic future, since they are effectively ending the team of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, mm. So this is it's, it's exciting. And then the big news to drop out of Marvel this week uh, is that we're getting a Fantastic Four comic book coming back this august about time which is thrilling to me i love the fantastic four uh one of the reasons i actually got into comics to begin with um so i I can't wait i can't wait looks so good moving into some visual media uh the we'll start with the mcu so captain marvel is being billed as an action comedy and i have some casting updates for you guys so they they're bringing back uh, Agent Coulson. He's so hot right now. Uh, Ronan the Accuser. You big turd blossom. And Korath the Pursuer. All both from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So that should be uh, really interesting to see. Uh, they announced that William Hurt uh, is going to be in Infinity War as Thunderbolt Ross. And an interesting theory that I had there was, will we be getting a Red Hulk? Oh, wow. Yeah, so if they, do you think they're going to do a, a solo Hulk film after Infinity War? Well, and, that's br- the, and then bring in... That's the thing, though. Universal still owns the rights to Hulk, so they can't actually make a movie without doing some sort of deal like they did for Sony. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so the, I, I know Marvel Kevin's talked about this before, where he said that yeah, uh, the last Avengers movie, um, Thor Ragnarok, and then this Avengers movie will complete like an, uh, an arc for the Hulk. So that should be kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Uh, the Hulk, I think, has been the most, besides Spider-Man, the most mishandled character in the MCU, uh, mainly because, I mean, shocker, uh, actor change for the character. Sony? Because Edward Norton was uh, technically part of the MCU. That was supposed to be the first one. Yep. Was. So, you know, no Edward Norton, changed Mark Ruffalo, and now we have a new Hulk. So it would be awesome to have a solo film with Mark Ruffalo because he doesn't really get that much screen time in the movies, you know? Like it, And to me, he is a great Bruce Banner. Yeah, um, I do enjoy him. So I would really like to see how he interacts with, uh, you know, his disposition and, you know, trying to, I don't know, not have somebody else go into that same situation like the Red Hulk, you know? Like, yeah, and they were, for the longest time, planning on doing a Planet Hulk movie. But it's that whole movie right issue with Universal was still stopping them, which That's is right. why they incorporated it into Ragnarok. Right. At, at this point, I don't know why I don't just buy the characters back because you have billions of dollars. I like, don't know. You literally have a billion dollars from Black Panther alone this year. 
I don't know if it's so much that they don't want to buy Hulk back. I don't know if it's Universal doesn't want to sell Hulk. Yeah, good point. Because they're still getting money because Hulk is appearing in these movies. So yeah. right. why would Universal want to give up the character when they're getting paid for nothing? That's true. Uh, and the last piece of news, a little, little sad one. Chris Evans is leaving the MCU after Avengers 4. No, I thought you were going to say Stan Lee died because that, no. was, that was going to be... Fuck no. That, would that le- wouldn't be a that little would leave, sad. That is the entire goddamn podcast. That, is, that, that There's no way that's like a little piece of the news under MCU. No way. Uh, is the I MCU. Mean, it, would, it would have been a complete circle, though, because this would be the third third news segment in the, in the twist cast that we have brought up Stan Lee's situation. So for, first it's like, oh, Stan Lee, bad situation. He's in the hospital. Next twist cast, oh, man, more bad news for Stan Lee. Uh, his bodyguard came knocking on the door uh, wanting money, and he's still sick. Third twist cast, this one. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's such a dick. He's fucking dead. <laughs> Man, what a day, huh? That's three things. How could it get any He's worse? Fine. No, 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 no. I wouldn't Stan- break it like that at all. <laughs> to let all our listeners know, Stanley is alive and well as of time of recording. As of, as of right now. <laughs> 3.30.18. All right. Uh, so let's move to some Marvel at Fox. And I, I really think Marvel at Fox is vying for the worst possible studio of all time here. You have no idea how high I can fly. Uh so they're developing a Doctor Doom movie, uh, and it's being developed as a political thriller. Interesting concept. Okay. But they fucked Doctor Doom one, two, three times. His butt hurts at this point. Like real bad. No lube. Like they they've just dropped the ball with this so hard, and I I almost don't I just don't trust them anymore. Um. Then they delay both. X-Men Dark Phoenix and New Mutants both to 2019. Again. Dude, I mean, all right, so I I told this to you guys, but I I honestly think that it's going to be a situation where not after Infinity War, after Avengers 4 in 2019, they're going to release these two movies, and somehow in Avengers 4, it's going to be brought up about these these people, like the, the New Mutants. It's uh, X Men's gonna start being tied in in Avengers four, and that's why they pushed all this shit back. That's just my theory. It's possible. I just it's possible, but it's still frustrating, especially when we were supposed to get New Mutants in a few weeks. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's really making me. And they were already doing a big campaign for it already. That we're still doing a lot of promotions. Oh yeah, I mean, I saw multiple trailers in the theaters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and now it's like, and now those trailers probably. Don't yeah. matter anymore because they're reshooting half the movie. Yeah. Yep. So stupid. I wonder if it's going to, because New Mutants looked like it was going to be a kind of a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope they keep it that tone because that would be interesting to watch. I hope they do too. I'm excited for that. It's new mm, ground. I don't know. All right. What else? Uh, the last thing I have for Fox, FX. All right. So they were making an animated Deadpool series uh, with yes. Donald Glover uh-huh. uh, and. So they, they recently split, but it's not without some animosity here uh, because FX claims that Donald Glover was too busy, to which he responded by releasing the season finale script on his Twitter, which he's since deleted, uh, just as a giant middle finger to Fox, basically saying, you know what? I did have it. I'm not too busy. Uh, you can go screw yourselves. I mean, you just got to wonder what the, what the talks were between Glover and, um, and FX were. Because, I mean, you, you don't just go and do that. 
you yeah. know, I, th- I think Glover really got screwed. I agree. I agree. And then finally, uh, we have some DC uh, Cinematic Universe updates. Uh, one, actually. Uh, and it's just kind of like a little tidbit is that the Shazam movie could potentially have a cameo from Superman. Really? Yeah. And I know they're talking, that studio's a goddamn mess, but they were talking about going away from a shared universe and with some of their films, but this doesn't seem to be echoing that sentiment, which I believe to be a good thing. That's right. Yeah, we. I mean, if you guys have not listened to our, our previous pod, our podcast, the Twistcast, um, we have brought up this point before where the new executive for um, uh, DC, they they they're saying that they want to stray away or Warner Brothers rather, they want to stray away from a shared universe and have more more or less just uh, single outings of movies for you know their separate characters because their shared universe right now is just in absolute shambles. So I think this is a a last resort for them to try and save the actors that they and actresses that they have right now for these positions. Um, yeah. Ex- so except for Gal Gadot, I think they should just do a hard reset honestly. I think that might be in their best interest. Just start fresh. I don't hate Henry Cavill as Superman. I don't hate, I don't him, hate him either. But like, if yeah. we're gonna like try and reset as many as possible, I'd rather just keep Wonder Woman. That's about it, and try and recast everyone else because Wonder Woman's fantastic. But yeah, she and she perfectly embodies her. Exactly. Right? Yeah. We've talked. We've gushed over her before. All right, and that's it for the news. All righty, now it's time to dig into the shit, the Jessica Jones shit. We're gonna drink a lot of fucking whiskey. Mm, maybe want to rephrase that. Yeah. We don't want to. Okay, we're gonna dig into some some whiskey right now. That works. No, that still doesn't feel right. We're gonna dig into Jessica. No, that still isn't right. That's how even about, worse. How about pull up, pull up to the bar, pour your glass of whiskey. whiskey. Let's talk about Jessica Jones. Okay, thank you. Fine. Okay. All right, I'll take that. That's what we are getting to. All right. I just so, want whiskey. So let's talk about your your just overall thoughts. Like I just re- I just finished it the other day. Uh, I'm just curious to see how you guys felt about it overall. So, like, overall, I thought it was okay. Like, some of the characters could have used a lot of work, and then some of the characters, well, the one character was fantastic. Which one? Jessica Jones. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. I absolutely agree with that point. I think Jess was, like, the perfect main character for this series. Yeah. I mean, without, without her... All the other side stories would have been uh, abysmal, really, in in my opinion. I agree. I mean, and obviously, like, you need a main character for a show, and the side characters are going to be, I don't know, less interesting most times. But a, a truly great show will have a main character with a great story and include all the other characters with their stories and have it tied together so perfectly. And that's what makes a great show. However, in the second season, uh, really not that much. They dropped the ball hard. Sophomore slump. Yeah. Well, it's almost like they tried too much with, with their characters. Like they tried to progress them to like the nth degree. So I, I think they did an okay job with Malcolm. Like they didn't overdo him. I got a point about him in a minute. Go okay. ahead. But um, but some of the other characters, namely Trish, they really uh, overdid. Yeah. 
Yeah. I Absolutely mean, agree. Really, throughout the season, it's like you, you almost didn't understand her intentions because they... She didn't have any. They, like, always shifted. It was like, well, do you want this or you want this? Like, I get it. You People can want more than one thing at one time, but... When you've they, only got 10 episodes to tell a story. they only got 10 episodes to tell a story, and they didn't... 13. 13, sorry. They didn't really nail down um, fully for any of her reasons. It was all... It, like, they were they were just so half-assed with her. Yeah, and, and here's the, the frustrating part, right? But so in your face at the same time. They, they have her based off of a comic book character, Hellcat. But like you didn't draw on enough of the source material to make her intriguing. Like she's so flighty and immature. I, I, I suppose the word very that immature. Very. And she it, she doesn't know what she wants. It was it was frustrating, right? Like she goes from, and I, like this the the way the se- the season played out to me, it seems like it happens over maybe a couple of weeks at most, right? So she goes from radio host to. Serious crackdown reporter in a really good relationship to a drug addict banging a random dude that's supposedly a friend to breaking all that off to becoming like somebody obsessed with obtaining powers. It's just like I didn't understand any of the logic behind that character. Yeah, it was almost like once she once she got a taste of that inhaler, then her intentions changed that she just wanted powers. That's that's what it was. And like then you then you're kind of like, oh, okay, I can kind of see that. Like, this might have been her main motivation throughout her entire life because she felt overshadowed by Jess and her powers, and she wants to be able to do that too. I get it. But they didn't flush it out all the way, and they didn't. They certainly didn't even hint at it in the first season to make the second season come full circle. So it's like, eh, you kind of just threw this at us, and you should have just stuck with some simple intentions. And, like, the last few episodes, they really tried to, like, redeem her in a way. Like, trying to say, okay, this is why she was doing things. This is why we think she's supposed to be a good person. But it just fell flat. It I, made me hate her even more. You, you just literally stole the words right out of my mouth. It just fell right on the ground like a pancake. It was nothing. And, and speaking of the inhaler, that's one of the issues that I kind of had were with the characters, right? Like, sometimes it was almost like they didn't know what to do with some of the ancillary characters. Like, Malcolm. I liked Malcolm a lot this season. Yeah. But there was a point where he got beat up in the alleyway, and Trish gives him the inhaler, and then he disappears for an episode. Yeah. He just runs off, and you're just like, where? Like, I'm watching the um, three-quarters of the next. I'm like, where the fuck is Malcolm? Nobody's seen this dude. Also, he's a recovering addict, so I don't know what's in that inhaler yet. But if it was drugs, that's the worst possible thing you could do to somebody like well, that. Well, also, I'm I'm wondering about the the consequences that Malcolm's body is going to uh, endure because of that one inhalation. Yeah. Like when uh, when Trish brings the inhaler to that that testing facility, they're like, "Well, this is a cocktail of shit, and if ingested by a person, <laughs> you will die." Yeah. But that's the thing. What episode did he take the inhaler in? It's like episode nine or ten. It was in yeah, like, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's late. It's so late. they kind of just left that storyline in the last few episodes. They didn't mention anything about it. They didn't show him with any sort of like symptoms. Nothing. No, he just shows up and yep. he and he's like, "Wow, oh, man!" And you gave me that inhaler, and and now you're fine, and blah blah blah. And it's like, "Well, dude, where have you been?" That like Tristan even asked him. 
Yeah. And, like, which, where were you the last? Which, I mean, she, and, and they explicitly say, she definitely went down on him. And it's just like, um, we're kind of friends. I kind of banged you. But I also gave you this inhaler that might have a bunch of toxic shit to your specific body because you're a drug addict. Yeah. Fuck you, Malcolm. Yeah, not really. Not cool. Trish, just get fucked. Not not literally. <laughs> not in a good way. Asshole not of the week, man. Yeah. I swear. All right. Um. So what else? What did you What did you like about it? Uh, outside of Jess? So my favorite aspect, David Tennant. Yeah, Kilgrave. Absolutely. Wow. The yeah. The, the you know the fifteen minutes that he was in the that was Worth the best it. fifteen minutes of the season. <laughs> he was so charismatic. He brought back that just craziness that we got from season one and did it so well yeah i mean it 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 was great to have him back it felt right he was an absolutely great great i don't want to say centerpiece to the first season because he wasn't jessica is but compliment yes he was the greatest compliment to the show of the first season and to bring him back in the second was very very satisfying um despite how frustrating it was to only have him for that short period of time because you don't get anything as good as him throughout no. the entire season. No. Uh, the, the one thing I did like was how after um, Jerry realized that she got scammed, there, there, was a, there was a moment where she walks into her apartment and everything's gone. It's actually beautifully shot, mm-hmm. and I think the acting's really good. Just You just watch this woman who's so strong break down and lose it. Well, that, well, actually, that goes into one of my favorite points of the second season in general is is Jerry. I uh, did love her character arc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man. Although I will say the character arc did seem kind of pointless at times. Yeah, I agree. It, it really just served as basically her decision as to why she wants to leave the firm. And that's about it. Well, Everything he- else that happens was kind of just like... And that happened. I'm kind of. I am interested though because I I have a feeling that Marvel is building their their TV universe and like obviously they are, but within Jessica Jones, like I'm curious to see what Jerry's character will evolve into and what her um what her role will be throughout this shared universe because she's already with Foggy. Or, or you know yeah, yeah she foggy. has foggy yeah by the way nice little cameo like yeah. i saw him pop up i was like oh foggy nice hey, foggy what are you up to so, since matt died yeah <laughs> in, in air quotes so died. i'm interested to see how what her role is going to be and you know i don't know yeah, uh, but, but her character arc was great it had a lot of emotionality to it yeah um the emotionality that just actually it was more than what Jess could bring to the table. Like Jess's character really can't bring that emotion into the show. That's just her character. So I feel like they brought it out with this other character. So we could feel some sort of payoff, even though Jess has this huge breakthrough through the season, like, Oh shit. Like I'm your mom. I'm alive. But that's the character. You can't really, fully flush out those emotions with her so you have to feel some emotionality from some other character also she drinks a lot with yeah drinks a ton. you say that like it's a problem uh, well i mean <laughs> it doesn't really scratch her at all um 
which right. I, I think is a, a funny a funny thing that they bring up. Like yeah. she, she meets her mom and she's like, you're constantly drunk all the time. And it's like, and you know how much that takes, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she talks about like buy, how much buying booze costs. <laughs> it's like, it's the like, main part of her budget. Yeah. Her main expense. That's what it was. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> all right. So outside of, all right, outside of Trish, uh, what didn't you like about the season? Honestly, I didn't like her mother. Like, as a character, she was fine, but I felt like they didn't really know what she was, they were doing with her. Just like every other character of the season, they didn't really know what they were doing with her. I think, I think for me, and I'm not usually the guy to say this, it's usually Sam, but the acting to me at times from the mother was not good. Like, there were times where I was just like, all right, you're. You're freaking out, but there's no reason to freak out. And maybe that, that goes back to the writing, but it's just like, uh eh. Like some of the deliveries were just like, I'm angry. And I was like, uh, why? Like why are you so like why are we why are you delivering it like that? There's, why are you mad, bro? <laughs> there's just different ways to express anger. And I, like I know this is not high cinema podcast or anything like that, but use of eyes, like use of facial expressions to like, convey look at, anger. Look at Tom Hardy. All right, take a page out of his book. Go on. You can act with his eyes what, alone. Which book would you be speaking of? <laughs> Either from either him from the Dark Knight Rises or him from Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So it's just like you know that that was a real problem for me through this season. I, I completely agree with you. Um, any other big dislikes? I was uh, I was disappointed with Jess's uh, character. Like she ran off with her mom. You know, like yeah, it's it's a so such a difficult situation. It is uh, honestly like. Yep. it being fictional you can't really rationalize it or really put yourself in that situation because you're like well that never would happen my mom would never come back from the dead have superpowers look completely different and uh want me to run away with her but i think eh. that that's also like a testament to Kristen ritter's acting in this show because those things i just talked about with the mom that didn't happen happened with Kristen ritter like her eyes just conveyed pain so well yeah like, yep. you know, like the conflict in her decisions, like her uncertainty, it was just, it was excellent. I just loved, I loved watching that. I would absolutely agree with that. You know, so, was, you know, was one other thing that bothered me about the show when I was watching it, and I don't know why this popped into my head when I was watching it. Regalus. No. Um, so toward the beginning <laughs> of the season, <laughs> toward the beginning of the season, when like Jess and Trish are still together working this case and whatnot. How the hell can they drive from one end of Manhattan to the other in like five minutes? How? <laughs> I noticed Speed that of well. plot. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, that's I a good mean, line, man. Sure, nice. maybe Jessica could pick up the car and just run with it, but then like, no, she couldn't. She couldn't even lift the car. She's not that strong, but that's like she the only explanation I can think of. She couldn't hold a bus. I'm pretty sure she could lift the car. Eh. Oh, speaking of the bus, did you guys catch that Stanley cameo? Yes, no. of course I did. Small uh, little flash. Yep. This is great. All right, so what would you have changed? Pick one one thing that you would change. I'm going to go first here. Uh, don't hire Iron Fist writers to write Jessica Jones ever again. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. At least she didn't say, I'm Jessica Jones from Alias Investigations like 900 <laughs> times. <laughs> and then Malcolm busts in, and I'm Malcolm. <laughs> Her associate. <laughs> but not really, I'm not sure. He gets fired every day. <laughs> it's an attic thing. 
Um, if I'm just going with like general characters, I I really want to see them do Trish right in the next season. Mm-hmm. I, I want them to <sighs> yeah. at least do her better, like because she was. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she was sexually satisfied by anybody. <sighs> just do That's her not be- what I do, meant. Do her better. It's not what I meant. No, yeah, I didn't think that was. Oh. No, I mean, she seemed like she was pretty good. <laughs> I hope they write her better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that too. That right. too. Okay. <laughs> She just seems like she has a character that could have a lot of potential behind her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they just didn't treat her well this season. Yeah, they they, mm-hmm. they just tried to set her up for conflict, like you said in your review, uh, with with Jess, like too much. And it, it just kind of falls flat, you know? Well, the only thing that I see as a positive from Trish's arc during this second season is what's going to happen from the ashes of the second season going on to the third like her character was completely broken down her her career um her total lifestyle like love life love life is done all of it is 100% over like she auditioned for her dream job which she has been working for her entire life it's done she, she so i want to see what happens with her in the third season i think it's going to pay off beautifully uh, your biggest slash most favorite character moment. I mean, I just, I love Kilgrave. So it was that moment when okay. he first appeared and was just like that menacing voice in the back of Jessica's head. Yeah. I, I was telling you guys earlier, the second that episode, everything started to turn purple. I was just like, wait, wait, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Is this happening? And then he showed up and I, I literally sat there and squealed with excitement. <laughs> uh, man, I think, uh. I think that first moment, you, you you really see the the differences between young Jess with powers and now Jess with powers. I feel like that was awesome to see because you see a more idealistic Jess. She's you know crazy about falling in love and running away with this guy, willing to do anything for him really. And then older, more cynical Jess, like that. That dichotomy is amazing, and I, I hope it we is. see more of that later. Playing into that point, I think, goes into one of my favorite character moments, and I think was a defining moment for this character uh, in building the Jessica Jones series, and that's when her mom kills her boyfriend in the alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's just there. It's uh, not to be... not to take away from the moment that everybody knows but when bruce wayne's parents die <gasps> they die they the die hell? No! you just spoiled that i know but i i think i really think it it had that kind of feel to it and it really drove her character to become what she is that we know it caused her to rebirth herself essentially yeah. into this more cynical person yeah she's done she doesn't want to get connected exactly she mentioned multiple times during the season how casual sex is awesome no connections to people. <laughs> it's one and done. So where do you think that came from? Boom, they show us, you know? Yep. So. All right. And finally here, uh, what would you like to see happen for Jess in season three? Um, definitely become more, uh, I, I don't want to say positive because that would take away from her character, but have a more, a brighter outlook with what she could do. For people yeah going off on that i i want to see her grow more into like the hero role i know she wants to like shun that role and she doesn't want anything to do with it 
but I want to see her embrace that at least a little bit more. I want to see her learn karate because in the in the Defenders, she's like, am I the only person here who doesn't know fucking karate? I, I want to see her try <laughs> to learn karate and yeah. then give up and just get pissed off. Not give up. She just she would just be like, fuck you, you're stupid. Exactly. I'm leaving. I can punch you I, through I a I want to see that. Or, better yet, I want to see Danny Rand try to train her in karate. <laughs> she get fed up and she just knocks him out. Jess, I am the immortal Iron Fist. Do better. Okay, Danny, I know. Screw you. <laughs> On the Immortal Iron Fist, do better. I know. <laughs> like just, she just gives him an atomic wedgie. He's just like, fuck you, Danny. <laughs> On the Immortal Iron Fist, don't give me a wedgie. <laughs> uh, that would be the most ideal moment. Oh, yeah, just the, the, the her holding him up over her head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, for me, I think I'd like to see... All right, so they kind of did this a little bit in season one, um, but her and Luke Cage are fairly intertwined in the comics they get married they have a kid Mm -hmm. i'd like to see luke almost introduced into her life them start potentially the the groundwork for that like i don't need him to be a a real part of the series but show up eventually just kind of toss you know an episode here an episode there doesn't even have to be long five minutes maybe at max do you think that maybe they'll do that in season two of luke cage i don't know but we'll find out soon like like three weeks yeah, I really can't. I really can't wait for Luke Cage, uh, honestly, because that's exactly what I was thinking. They're going to tie in Jessica with, you know, his character arc. Um, yeah, because you had Luke with Jessica at the beginning of season one of Jessica Jones. Yeah, so yeah. it'd be nice to like see them swap now and have Jessica on Luke. That's true. And they've been, you know, in the Defenders together. Exactly. They have a lot of history at that point, or at this point. Um, I was honestly, sur- I was surprised that he didn't show up in this season. I expected him to at some point, but yeah, it it, it probably would have taken away. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been worth it. They're, they they already didn't know what they were doing with the characters that were in this season. Yeah, they they had their hands full, and they definitely made the right move by not putting him in yeah, there. Going into it, I was expecting to see Luke, but hindsight now, I'm glad they didn't do it. Agreed. Yep. yep. Um. Yep. So All right. what else we have for Jessica Jones, or is that it? That That's pretty much it. Make sure you check out the uh, the review that we have uh, crafted up there on the uh, TwistedCape.com. Yeah, and guys, we are being super critical right now about Jessica Jones. That is not to say that we did not enjoy watching it. Yeah, absolutely did. Okay. The so, fact that we're being critical actually means that we did enjoy it. We just saw these flaws and said, okay, this is what you need to do to do better, because we care about this character. Yes. If we don't care about something... We wouldn't really talk about it or elaborate, so or get this upset about it. So, <laughs> or come up with alternate scenarios where she beats up the less popular characters. Exactly, that's true. All right, so Jessica Jones, this is it, and also be sure to check out our review on on the website. Jesse wrote a fucking fantastic review. I highly recommend reading. Preach. It. All right, so. We talked about Jessica Jones. We got our news. But you know what? I'm I got this itch and uh I think I think you can scratch it. Um uh, what do you, what are you not buying? Cuz I am not buying a couple things, but I know you definitely There's one thing specifically about Jessica Jones that I ain't buying this week. Okay. All right. So it's an episode 7. You get the episode where we see Jessica's past, how her mother was there in her life and everything. There's one specific scene in the bar right before her mother goes apeshit crazy and kills the guy. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're in the bathroom. Jessica's in the stall, so she can't see anything outside of the stall. And her mother walks in, goes to the sink, and Jessica asks her for a tampon. Whatever. 
Yeah, it was used too, which I thought was weird. Um, I, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think so. Uh, anyway let's agree disagree (laughs) so they start having a conversation like a a pretty long conversation too and i'm just sitting there thinking how the hell do you not recognize your mother's voice (laughs) like seriously i understand you think that she is dead she's been dead for 15 years at this point and so you have no reason to think this is your mother, but not even like a little bit of doubt in the back of your mind. And what makes it even worse, the very next episode, when they're actually having a conversation in present time, yeah, yeah, yeah. she says, your voice sounds exactly like how I remember as a child. Just what? How did you not pick up on that years ago? I don't know, man. So I, I, it must've been that used tampon. I, I guess, but that's just, I, what? Just what? Uh, all right. I'm not buying that shit. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jesse. That was Jesse's I'm not buying it. And that was it for Jessica Jones. So one thing that we have not done yet, guys, we have not talked about comics. How? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some of the blame on me because uh, up until a little bit ago, I... I didn't read current comics. I was I was constantly playing catch up, so part of that blames on me. Um, but part of that's definitely on me too. I have a vast library that I should just be shoving down your throats like like fucking waterboard torture, <laughs> uh, but I don't. I don't think comics would taste very good. No, yeah, no. The ink is probably really bad. Yeah, they they digest very differently for the body and mind. So, um, let's dive into something that I was so, so excited to read, and that is Dark Knight's Metal. Now, Mike, for for people who don't know about Dark Knight's Metal, can you give us like a quick rundown? Yes, but I'm going to back up really quick. Okay, backing up. uh, I'm going to make sure that we try and do this for big story events from now on. I'm going to make sure that we talk about some comic stuff because that's kind of what we're all doing. We all kind of love this. So, metal, right? It's crazy. Yes, we're all throwing up devil horns right now because it was that good. Um, It's a story from Scott Snyder who wrote New 52 Batman, which is one of the best runs of Batman I've ever read in my life. So good. Um, And it's the, the basic setup is that there is a dark multiverse, an evil bat god, uh, named, uh, I think it's Barbatos. I'm, I'm pronouncing the T there uh, really heavily. Um, and it's it's about a bunch of alternate Dark Universe Batmen that are insistent on helping Barbatos take over. Hey, man, welcome to Barbatos. <laughs> yeah, so sunny, man. I, I hey. will say the entire time I read it, I kept reading it as Barbados, and I was just like, <laughs> Why? It's like, God damn it, I want to go on vacation really badly. Exactly. Uh, but these Batman come and uh, they're led by one called the Batman Who Laughs, which we'll probably get into in a little bit. Um, and his goal is just basically to take over um, the universe. Uh, and um, so, I mean, I mean, from top to bottom, as a whole, the series was nuts. Just absolutely nuts. I did not know what was going to happen at any point. I told you it was crazy, but I, I made sure I did not elaborate yeah. top to bottom. So uh, it's it starts, I mean, there, there are tons of tie-ins. 
some stuff in be- in the beginning set up with uh, a mystery from uh, Carter Carter Hall, who's Hawkman, his journal that Batman finds and starts researching. It's all really centered around nth metal, which is what his mace and some of his other things were made from, uh, his armor and stuff like that. So uh, it, it just it goes crazy. Batman combines these things. Uh, he gets affected by it, becomes a doorway. All these other dark Batman come in. The Justice League get involved. It's just absolutely fucking crazy and it just rolls from there it's just the onion layers of the entire thing it peels back to uh, i mean core of the owls that which was one of my favorite all-time favorite storylines peels all the way back to there i mean even further back even even further back like it's just great it's one of those storylines where you think you know what's going on then you turn the page and Everything just changes. Oh my god, there's so many moments like that, and it still makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely bat crap crazy. Uh, so let's talk about some of our favorite moments from from the series, top to bottom. So you guys recently just read everything. Yes. I handed you the last issue today. What were your favorite moments from the series? Well, I have to say, I love, love, love the Red Death. Yeah, I and love the Flash. That, I love the Flash, <laughs> and I love Batman. So why not just smash the two together? That was that was actually, I don't, and I hate, I hate to say this, but I think we actually are all on the same page of our favorite tie-ins. Yeah, because Red Death was probably my favorite it was my favorite but besides the the batman who laughs yeah so that character just from a design standpoint looks fucking gnarly and it's awesome yes and he has these like really weird robins that run around with him everywhere who just basically crow at everybody which is hilarious and really disturbing at the same time and that tie-in was like a horror novel. I, I told you guys earlier. Like, I got super uncomfortable reading it, which never happened. I thought it was going to be more or less like a long Halloween. Yeah, okay. I, and, I can see that. Uh, I don't know. Like, the story was amazing, but I don't know. I, I really wasn't too horrified by it. Like, it it definitely was disturbing. Maybe I'm just desensitized. That's possible. See, what I like about... I mean, you made a tampon joke earlier, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What I liked about all the tie-in ones is that it takes that whole concept that Batman is just one bad day away from being a villain and just taking it to his extremes. One of them, you have Alfred dying. One of them, you have him killing the Joker. One of them, you have him just like going crazy and needing the speed force. Yep. It just, it's insane. Loved it. And, oh my God. It's like, uh, and it couldn't even be just Batman. Like, it could be any of these heroes that, just have one bad day you know but it's batman he's the closest to it he's the most humanized he's already the one walking the line every day every day it's like him and i want to say green arrow are the most like are the ones that mostly humanize the justice league yeah um so the only two without powers right but even batman like and this is why i'm surprised there's not more storylines that involve the green arrow uh, because if you remember in the beginning of Justice League Unlimited, which is um, the, the animated show, yeah, um, Batman brings in Green Arrow because he's like, listen, you, we, we need somebody here to, to bring us back, you know? Yep. 
Someone needs to ground us, and you're the person because I I can't do it. You know, it's not I'm not enough for he's this. He's already far too far gone at that right. point. Yeah, and because he's too far gone, he can just be one step away, one bad day away. And it is funny because it that is brought up a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times throughout Batman, and it finally fucking pays off in this series. It's like okay. What if he had that bad day? Yep. And, Seven times over. And this is it. And we know. All right. So here, here's the crazy thing about a bunch of those tie-ins. We know that he has a contingency plan for the other members of the league. We just know that shit. So, like, one of my favorite moments is in Dawnbreaker where he takes the Green Lantern ring and you see the willpower going up and up mm-hmm. and up. And then it's over 100%. And I would, I, my eyes, like, almost bulged it out of my head. fucking cracks the ring. I was like, oh, shit, dude. That's insane. And spoiler, it's like, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, well, this is all spoiler. So if, if, you, <laughs> if you ain't on now, you ain't never getting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I have to say the Dawnbreaker is probably my favorite character name of the whole group. Yeah, it's the, pretty cool. The rest of them are pretty kind of generic, uh, but Devastator's pretty what? cool. Eh. Murder machine, you know. I, but like, it's the same thing. It's like, what is it? It's a machine that murders things. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I actually think that um, I don't I don't know why it is, but Dawnbreaker it probably was probably was one of my favorites just because it. It told a different perspective, like Bruce Wayne from being a kid. Yeah. You know, no other story told it that way. So you really see it from this whole different side. What if he got powers right after his parents died? Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you think a kid would do? He's not going to learn that self-restraint. He's not going to learn that, oh, like this happens and I can do something about it. But rather, he gets handed a power where he can literally do anything after his parents die. So what do you think he's going to want to do in his emotional Murder. state? Okay, kill him! <laughs> so, yeah, I actually think it was one of my one of my favorite stories because of that reason alone. And it really was done very well. So let's talk about the writing and the art. Because this series does not happen without Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Like, they're just obviously integral to making sure this whole thing works flawlessly. So what did you guys, what were your impressions? First of all, of the art, because he illustrates a lot, a lot of different um, versions of Batman. um, A lot of the justice league, if not all of the justice league and versions of the justice league and and like these awesome splash pages. So what did you, what did you guys really think about some of that stuff? Are we talking main series or with the tie-ins included? Uh, we'll stick to the main series because the tie-ins were not necessarily the same artist and writer combo the entire way through. I, don't, I really liked it. I, I really liked the whole style for the entire series. I thought that it looked really awesome. Like they really captured all these different, like especially toward the end where all the characters start getting overwhelmed by the darkness. They yeah. they, they captured that really well. Yeah. Um. And it's interesting that you you bring up the tie-ins as opposed to the main series because there definitely is a difference. It's yep. It, um, and I really did enjoy the art from just the main series itself. Like they they really did um, hold hold true to like I think really the classic looks of the characters. Um, like 
no, not even classic, like new classic, because they, yeah. you know, they they changed it up, and I, I I do like some of the change ups that they made with some of the character designs, but it feels like they they took the best of the new and the best of the old, and that's what they're sticking with, and I really hope they continue with that. You know, with this new Justice League, I really do hope that they stick with this. I agree. I agree. I really liked uh, the, the the almost, I don't want to say scratchy, but almost like sketchy type style of art that he has uh, in in the main series. Because it like, it really emphasizes the the metal, the rock and roll metal mm-hmm. nature of, of some of these uh, these characters. Like the bat, like they work together on New 52 stuff a lot. And it always looked fantastic. I did read a few of the um, annuals for the Batman series, the new yeah. Fifty Batman, and those were fantastic. It, it just looks so good, and it's just like they work together, so they know what each other wants, and it was just, it was just expertly drawn. Um, now the tie-ins, eh, I mean, they, 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 it faltered a little bit there at times. Um, there were definitely some I liked better than others. Yeah. I think my least favorite was Drowned. Yeah, I agree with that. Story-wise, I have to say Drowned is probably my least favorite. Yeah. Art-wise, I honestly was not a big fan of the Murder Machine one. Yeah, I mean, you're not a big fan of the art style. Yeah. No. Yep, I agree. I agree. I think I think Red Death stood out. Uh, Batman Who Laughs stood out. Uh, eh, Devastator was okay. Uh, the rest of them were just like, I, okay, almost forgettable in a way. I, I, I actually kind of liked how the devastator storyline was started yeah you know like he really did it because of his love for wonder woman like he he really like he he knew not to put on the helmet he knew what would happen he he knew the consequences but he saw i'm gonna go so far as to say like a love of his life and go and defend her honor by totally ruining his. Yep. You know? So it, it was very sad. And just because we don't like the artwork or we, we're not saying that it's one of our favorite stories, it totally doesn't mean you shouldn't read it and it's a bad story, but some are better than others, you yeah. know? What and I, they deserve to be with many noticed. Things. Yeah. What I did like with the Devastator one was just that little twist at the end, which is what caused him to basically go insane and start killing everyone was the fact that he killed wonder woman yeah that was really cool i I was reading that and i was like oh my god okay this makes a lot more sense now yeah that was very i was man it was was great let's talk story and, and writing here let's talk um so i loved how it starts with batman and then moves out to batman and superman and then moves out, and like at times, it's almost Wonder Woman centric. It which, is, especially toward the end, which uh-huh. is excellent because yeah. she's such a good character. Oh yeah, well, I mean, honestly, out of every every member of the Justice League, she has the most place in this series. Uh, her and her Hawkgirl and Hawkman have the most connections to um, you know the metal. Yeah, like and this this ancient fucking story uh batman i mean besides him being a detective really has no place like looking for any of these things that's true that's true uh, wonder woman was a key component to it and i'm honestly surprised that she didn't have a bigger bigger part in this story but but the part she did play was fantastic oh yeah Yeah, i mean she definitely brought it all together 
just which, the end of issue five yeah where where she's she, the, the war mace. cry yeah oh this isn't a scream it's a war cry oh my god the part where she pulls the mace out of the uh out of the wall and just wall. oh my god oh, that was yeah. so awesome fuck i was like yeah. fuck man she's so cool um yeah and, and you know there were times where it was really dark and heavy but then other times it, it but w- it got dark and heavy but not so much that it was depressing if right that, if that makes sense except that, for maybe the batman who laughs yeah oh yeah well, I, <laughs> I i mean main story <laughs> main story wise yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Main story. but it it all flowed so well and that's that's a testament to scott snyder and his love for these characters the fact Definitely. that you can use all of these characters so fluidly and be able to just bounce from one story to the next and still be able to make it coherent. I mean, definitely one of the best series. Because I, I, despite the amount of current comics I've read, I've definitely read a good amount of series. And this is probably one of the best series I've read. And the way it ends, it just sets up the DC Universe to spring forward in a completely new, completely bold direction. It's exciting. Like I, I'm, as a comic book fan, super excited to see what Can't happens Can't wait next. to see what and, they do next. Yeah, and... You're you're thinking, oh shit, what are they gonna do next? And you can't neglect the fact though that they the way that they propelled you forward was by bringing everything from the past together for this one perfect thing. So that's what's crazy. It starts back at like Final Crisis, which happened in like 2002, and then through Grant Morrison's Batman run, and then through Scott Snyder's ridiculously long Batman run. And it's just, and then it pulls pieces from um, the Justice League. So Man, Martian Manhunter's off off the board. Uh, Plastic Man is off the board, and they just wrap it all in in this like sweet bacon wrapped meatloaf that is just <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and you gotta think like if if you're writing for the Justice League or if you're shit, if you're writing for the Avengers, like these things have been going for decades. Yeah. With these characters, these same characters, what more can you do? What more storylines could you pull out of each villain that already exists? Well, here's the solution. Why don't we bring up this whole entire multiverse that no one was even aware of in the comic books or outside the comic books, create it, and then make a whole new palette of villains and heroes to fight them. Yep. And, and it was so seamless. And just spring forward, and, and it feels right. It feels right just, just reading all that stuff. All right, so we've talked about like the scope of it. How would you describe it to a friend who had no idea that you wanted to recommend it to? If you want a, a, a very cohesive... I swear to God, if you say anything about tampons, I'm going to throw something at you. Mm. <laughs> well, you just derailed this whole train of thought. God damn. I could just okay. see him dying inside. <laughs> it was not about tampons, all right? I mentioned tampons once. All twice. Right. Twice. Three times a lady. So- Great. That's three straight podcasts. I'm going to walk out of here with a song stuck in my head. Thank you so much. <laughs> so if I were to tell a friend about this, I would say, listen, if you if you want something to read that will interest you in the past – the present and the future of this line of comics, this line of DC heroes that's been around for decades and decades, this is a good place to jump in because it's it's a very cohesive story. 
Uh, it has specific points that it goes back to. And it tells you how it's going to go forward. Um, so I, th- I think this would be a great jumping on point, even though it might be, it might be a little bit confusing if you don't know, uh, about like the metals or Hawkman, Hawkgirl. Um, so there's a few points in there that might be a little bit hard to follow, but if you're intrigued by what you read, there are def- definitive points that you can go back to and read and catch yourself up come back to the present, and then go on to the future. So, yeah, I think it's great. That was a lot more cohesive than I was going to say. Wow. I was going to just say, if you want to see read a comic where Batman just goes batshit crazy, here you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, point. yeah, also that. <laughs> I, I would say if you want to see some ridiculous things, writing and art-wise, revolving around Batman specifically, and then branching out to the rest of the Justice League, uh, and then get introduced to a whole new set of characters, that's where you should start. You want to see Batman annihilate the Justice League with their own powers. Yep. This is a place to start. And also, I want to draw some similarities between this, uh, the main storyline of Metal and Hush by Jim Lee and Jeff Loeb. Uh, okay. the, the art style. Is very ah, is very similar. I can see it. Yep. But the Hush series was a, just a, a, a tidbit more detailed. However, the coloring and really like the detail is very very similar. Metal was a little bit more sketchy. So if you if you like the artwork in Metal, I'd check out Hush. Hush um, was a great story good recommendation. Line. Yeah. Yep. So. If you're looking to jump into comics, like I know a lot of the people have been asking me, you know, I I do love the movies and I've I've wanted to get into comics, but where do I start? Uh, there's so many stories for each character, and who do I start with? Well, you might you might want to start with this, and you could just go back for for everybody, and then bring yourself up to the present. So. You know that's just my recommendation, and if you like the artwork, Hush would be a good a good thing to go to because I know for myself, I'm a very visual person. So if I don't like the art style, I'm not gonna be inclined to read it unless someone's like, "Oh my god, the story is so good, you need to read this." But you know, art's a very big thing for me. If it is for you, I'd start there. See, yeah, I, oh, sorry, I really like the facial work that was that was done throughout Metal. So I thought that was really cool. See, for me, I'm opposed to you. I, I'm not as in love with visuals as I am the story. And this storyline is amazing. Yeah. It's just so cohesive and so well-written. You know, it's funny. Um, just for, for anybody who's looking to get into reading comics, um, it was it was funny because right before this podcast, um, Jesse and I both read the last issue of Metal. And it took me, I think, like two times longer to read it than, than Jesse. And <laughs> and I was talking about this with some of my friends um, a couple weeks ago, actually. And I'm like, dude, it takes me like sometimes an hour and a half to read like I don't know a twenty a twenty page thing. And they're like, oh my god, are you serious? What what are you what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm looking at everything in the pictures, like just totally dissecting. Like, oh, 
Like, what if, what if I miss something here in this little corner? Like, what's gonna be on this screen that's like in in their like in the back cave or or whatever? So I'm I don't know. I'm very visual, and for me, art is key. So yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm right in between the two of you. Like, it, it couldn't. I couldn't be more split. Like, I need good story, but I also need good visuals. And I will read and I will. I will look at the pictures in a detailed manner, but I won't spend that much time pouring over it like that. That's really interesting. I didn't know that about you guys. Yeah, rolling for this. It takes me so long to get through something because I just totally dissect the words. I dissect the art just a hundred percent. And don't get me wrong. Like I do need it to be drawn in a certain oh, yeah. way and drawn well. Otherwise I won't figures. be interested, but yeah. I am more on the story side of things. I'd rather have a good story than like the most excellent artwork I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, well thankfully you get the, bo- uh, the best of both here. So, all right. Uh, if you're looking to get into this, be sure to pick these guys up. All right. So lastly, what do we have on the plate here? All right. Let's talk about that Deadpool 2 trailer. Yes. yes. Let's do it. Oh, my God. First of all, that, that shit was hilarious. Oh, I mean, what would you expect it not to be? When it first came out, I was sitting at work, and I was like, I should watch this because I really want to watch it, but I'm at work. And then I just said, fuck it, and watched it and was dying <laughs> at my chair. <laughs> so, I mean, you get so much of the stuff that made the first one hilarious. Like, you got you got uh, Dopinder. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and so going into the the first moments of that trailer immediately, did you guys notice that it it took directly from Indiana Jones? Yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. that was the point. Start the car. Start, Start the, the plane. Car. <laughs> Start the plane. <laughs> oh, I think I shit myself. Nope, that might have been me. <laughs> you are living the life, DP. And then, I mean, first of all, there's a whole bunch of stuff intercut, but I think. <laughs> My favorite thing is like <laughs> Dopinder saying, "Oh, you have such strong thighs," and it's Deadpool <laughs> like in a strip club wearing high heels. I, I, I will, I will <laughs> say the first time I saw it, I don't think I caught that, but just watching it now, oh my god! Well, it requires multiple viewings because I was laughing so hard the first time I saw it, I missed a bunch of stuff, and then you watch it again, you're like, "Oh, it's even funnier now." I love there was that one bit right before they sh- uh, showed him spinning around in Xavier's chair, where yeah. he has like this metal blade attached to his arm making fun of the wolverine deadpool <laughs> yeah, right 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 <laughs> so so just going off of the trailer what do you think the plot's gonna look like i don't even fucking know <laughs> well we know we know cable's gonna be the villain we know that yeah right, for sure i don't know who, who whose kid that is or what kid that's supposed to be that deadpool is now protecting which, yeah which it it, it kind of looks like he has some like flame power yeah, I can't. I don't know. I couldn't really tell from the trailer, but I think that's a good thing. I like a little mystery. Domino. You get Domino yep. and uh, the rest of X Force. Yeah. Uh, well, Which a version of X Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With fucking Terry so, Crews in it. I love Terry Crews. Oh, right, my God. Right, right. So, so, side note do you guys watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes. Terry, Terry Crews is phenomenal in that show. Yeah. He it's, is. It's just like everything that he's in, he's just hilarious. He's just perfect. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's silly. Um, and I know in the movie they intend to make fun of the fact that Josh Brolin is also Thanos. Oh my god, I can't wait! Which I'm Weeks super excited after Infinity War comes out. <laughs> so good, I can't wait. I think that's the real reason why they push up the date. Yeah, well, just so there's enough time for Thanos to sink in. Yeah, well, I don't know. Infinity War might be kind of traumatic. We'll see. 
Uh, and there's so many ridiculously inappropriate moments from Wade, like hugging glasses and like cupping his ass. <laughs> so good. And then uh, saying that he's late <laughs> because he had to get rid of all the gluten. <laughs> I'm so happy that him and Vanessa are still together in this yes. one. Yeah. I cannot wait to see the dynamic between those two. Oh my God. Uh, she's oh. just perfect for him, too. Oh my God. Yep. Oh my. Yep. Uh, she 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 does add like a lot to to the movie too. Like it's I don't think you would feel as much for for Wade if she wasn't there. You know, like she humanizes him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a mercenary. I mean, he, like you shouldn't root for him, but you do. And and it's partially because idiot. of that relationship. <laughs> I just love how in the middle of the trailer, they're like, from the studio that brought you 27 dresses and the Devil Wish Prada. I'm like, yes, because those are exactly the same movie. I love it. He, he references uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling <laughs> Pants and how it's just pure pornography. <laughs> This movie is going to be ridiculous. I cannot I, wait. Like, I think our podcast the night after, it, it, I think we're going to be a little bit delirious. <laughs> I think we're going to be a mess. That will be as stable as Wade Wilson's mentality. That's the truth. <laughs> and, and I mean, there's some clear meta shots right at the end there talking about uh, <laughs> the fact that it's another third movie might not even get made. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait. So, I can't wait. so getting serious for for a minute here, what do you guys think about Cable's look? Um, uh, so I don't really think that he looks all that great, to be honest. I don't hate it. I mean, it. <laughs> they had to adapt it to, you know, um, live action somehow. Make it practical. But I don't know about it. I don't know. At least he's not covered in pouches like he has been in the past. I mean, those useless fucking pouches. He's from the future. What the fuck are you doing with those pouches, man? Well, they realized that they need a lot of shit. Where do you carry shit? You carry it in pouches. Where do you think Batman carries all of his shit? A belt? He has a bunch of pouches on his belt. He's Batman. He doesn't need anything. Oh, I'm sorry. They're compartments. So... You know, get it right. Pouches, compartments, it's all the same shit. The entire bat suit's a weapon. <laughs> the entire thing. Nah. He could probably just break off one of the ears and just stab someone with it. He could. He, he probably could. Has. has. I'm sure he has. I mean, the, the ears have like literally ejected off into somebody's chest before. There you go. It's pretty cool. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so, the look of cable, eh, I'm not, I'm not too I'm, into it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, he doesn't look as menacing to me. Kale's fucking huge. I just, uh, I'm just curious about uh, the additional characters in X Force and how much screen time they're gonna get. Cause, like, I don't want you to show me all these characters, introduce me to this team, and then have me not give a fuck about it. And I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case this time around. That is a little bit of a concern, um, and maintain that that Deadpool ridiculousness. I think the reason for the success of the first Deadpool movie was because it was just really centered around one guy. It didn't didn't stray. Um, it wasn't really trying to tell any other story except for one person's. So I really hope that they don't try and like tell too much of a story about this kid that Cable's trying to to locate. Uh, I really think they do like the bare minimum where it 
still serves the story well, uh, but they still stick to mainly just Deadpool. I think what would help it is who they cast and how they write them. Because yeah. you can give the X-Force a little bit more screen time, but if they are like in the same vein as Deadpool, then it's going to add to the story. It's still going to be just as good. Because, you, yeah, you're kind of diverting away from Deadpool, but you're still getting that Deadpool Deadpool feel. I oh. think... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, in the trailer, they're like, we need some morally twisted people, <laughs> you know, to join this task force. Exactly. You know, so... Eh. So as long as they keep, like, all the side characters with, like, the same sort of mentality and the same sort of comedy... I, I think it's okay that they ever a little bit, but it should still be mainly Deadpool. I think it's important that they follow something in the comics that like everybody just basically hates Wade because he's <laughs> he's just ridiculous. Like he's over the top all the time. He doesn't have a moment where he's just like, "All right, man, can you just be fucking normal for a minute here?" And like that, that's shown by Domino in the trailer. She's like, "Oh God, I should finish college." <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so funny. I loved it. Yeah. Besides that, I mean. Um... I don't know. There, there wasn't much else I could really take from that trailer. No, no. It's, it w- it's just that my excitement probably went up about a hundredfold. Yeah. yeah. Look, the laughs are going to be real, and it's going to be fun yep. to talk about later on. I will probably be tearing up in the theater just from laughing so oh, hard. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Uh, do you have anything else? Yeah, I want to do some quick twisted predictions. Only, we're only going to hit two pieces. All right. Uh, so we watched Jessica Jones season three. Where do you think she goes next? Trish is going to become a FIFA star. Do you see those foot movements at the end? <laughs> that's what that's what the experiment did from the doctor. She's going to become a fucking FIFA star. That's good. I think she's going to open up a churro stand. She's going to quit Alias <laughs> Investigations, burn that shit to the ground, and just start selling churros throughout Manhattan, specifically Hell's Kitchen. So I think she will quit Alias Investigations, but she's not going to open a churro stand. She's going to go Alaska and become an ice fisher. <laughs> I mean, she can just punch her right through. Yeah, exactly. It's so practical. Oh, God, God damn you and your, your practical thinking. <laughs> or open up a distillery. No, no she'd that, drink all be her too, profits. Exactly. Well, yeah, the tragedy of Jessica Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Getting <a> Shakespeare in <laughs> here. <laughs> I, I think she may team up with Iron Fist for a new TV show where we just oh only hear them say who the other one is. <laughs> I'm, hey, you're the immortal Iron Fist. Hey, you're Jessica Jones from Alien Investigations. Hey, you're the immortal Iron Fist. My name is Rod, and I... Like to park. Hey, you're Jessica Jones from Alias Investigations. That's it. That's enough. You know how quickly that show gets <laughs> canceled? Done. I'm done with that. <laughs> nope. Uh, all right. And the last thing that I have for Twisted Predictions, uh, the Justice League's future post-metal. Post-metal? Yeah. So we <sighs> we know how, how metal ends now. What happens next for the Justice League? Any character, whole team, whatever. Okay. Well, um, let's see. Where do I even start? Uh, I think Damien and um, John, right? That's his name? Yeah, John. John Kent. Yeah. yeah. Damien and John, they are going to become a duo music group, uh, much like Hollow Notes. Oh, I love me some Hollow Notes. <laughs> except Damien's a dick, so he's going to split. And whatever happened to Hollow Notes, if, if Hall were to break apart from Hollow Notes, that's what's going to happen with that series. <laughs> It's really not going to be that interesting. It's not even going to be good. But you, you, you got to see where it goes. You want to know the hits that's going to come from this. 
Uh, so that's that's my prediction. Uh, I think Batman trashes every bat vehicle he has from here on in and just rides around on a Joker dragon everywhere <laughs> for the rest of his I life. I hope so. Until he dies. Uh, Superman just renounces everything and just decides to hang out in space just doing nothing because he's he's literally done it all at this point. He just quits. Quits being a hero, quits giving a fuck about anybody else. So I think they decided to take a little break from the whole hero thing. And they go to a carnival and they get on some bumper cars and things get out of hand very quickly. And they're actually on the bumper cars for it, five years. It's, it's just a mess. <laughs> I think the entire Justice League decides to get into the viral video business and records a video for that new Charmin commercial. My my honey, so Charmin shiny. <laughs> <laughs> With Batman leading leading vocals oh, good with Lord. the, sh- the Charmin tie-in don't don't miss <laughs> that's all i have for twisted predictions. <laughs> probably for the best <laughs> all right so we got some news for you guys uh so three pizza delivery men have gone missing and the oh. justice league are under investigation really what what happened <laughs> yeah yeah all right so get this the Justice League is currently under investigation by the UN due to the mysterious disappearances of several pizza delivery guys. What the hell did they do? According to Tony Atoni of Tony Atoni's Pizzeria, the last three delivery guys to go to the Hall of Justice have just gone missing. What? Yeah. All right, so this is, this is a quote from Tony. Uh, this is a saying, uh, I can't believe a Superman would do such a thing. Uh, someone needs to pay said Tony. This is, is a quote from Tony. All right. The Hall of Justice is currently undergoing massive changes as is being prepped for the implementation of the boom tube technology. Oh, no. Yeah, which will allow easier transportation to the watchtower, oh, God. you know, the Justice League space station, yeah. from Earth, and, and vice versa. So according to PR sources from the Hall of Justice, testing has begun on the technology and should be ready to be used regularly by the heroes that occupy the hall in just a matter of weeks. All right, so we have a quote from the, the uh, Justice League uh, PR. Uh, We're so close to perfecting the connection between the hall and our space HQ, uh, the Watchtower. We need to just test a few more subjects before it is Uh-oh. fully operational. Uh, what? Yeah, so if you know anyone who doesn't have much going for them, trying Ugh. to earn an extra buck and delivers that hot cheese... We need all the subjects we can get. Oh, man. Why? So, okay, the, uh, that's from Justice League, uh, you know, PR. Um, so when asked about the missing delivery guys, Superman, one of the leaders of the Justice League, obviously, yeah. had this to say, all right, and I quote, I'm not sure where Todd, Frank, and Gino are, but I certainly hope they are found in a physical form and are not lost in a quantum limbo or fangled beyond recognition. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, God. <laughs> that would just be awful. And to the families that have been searching for their loved ones, the thoughts and prayers of the Justice League are with you now. Oh, crap. Uh, as if the missing people weren't enough for Tony Atoni of Tony Atoni's Pizzeria. It is also being reported that the Batman's paychecks used to pay for the pizza have all bounced. Oh, my. A cheapskate. Leaving Tony a Tony of Tony a Tony's Pizzeria 
out four grand. Jesus oh. Christ. All right, here's, and I quote from Tony, the Justice League eat a many a pizza. This cost me money to make. They need to pay. If you or anyone else knows the whereabouts of these three men, Todd, Gino, and Frank, please contact the Twisted Cape or your local authorities. So, that is the news for you guys. Awesome. Some screwed up shit going on there. <laughs> Poor Tony Atoni of Tony Atoni's Pizzeria. I mean, I feel a battle for him. I think Tony Atoni's going to be the new villain. Yeah, he might be. The new Batman arc. I mean, he, he just said that they got to pay. Yeah, slow him down with that hot cheese. Exactly. I love that hot cheese. Maybe I should just, you know. Yeah, so. All right, guys, I think that's it for tonight. Be sure to uh, read Dark Knight's Metal. Watch Jessica Jones season two. Watch Deadpool, uh, the trailer, the second trailer. Second trailer. And if you haven't seen the first one, watch that too. I also have to question what the hell you're doing with your life at that point. Yeah, right. Watch every trailer. Obviously. So uh, be sure to like our Facebook page. Be sure to check out our site. We got content going up all week long. All right. And um, Mike, what about what about our Twitter? Our Twitter feed about to be blowing up, y'all. It is. Yeah, so absolutely hit us up at, at the Twisted Cape on Twitter. Uh, we, we are going to be sharing a heck of a lot more content there over the coming weeks. Um, and, you know, just sharing some thoughts, some uh, some stories, some podcasts. So just look forward to it. And, guys, so much work goes into this. We would so much appreciate if you show us some love. Give us, give us a retweet. Give us a share on Facebook. And, uh, yeah. So from all of us here at the Twisted Cape, Stay twisted. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. Have a great night, guys. Or day. Or whenever you're listening.